I was almost I almost said good morning. But so we are going to be in Luke chapter 7. And so everybody open up their Bibles, right? And uh let's follow along and I'll pray. And so so Father Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for uh, this evening, Lord, and we we give you all the the praise and glory, Lord, and we just want to lift you up, Lord, and and your word, Lord, that you would just minister to us, Lord, teach us by your Spirit, Lord, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, Lord, what you have here, Lord, and um, and and the model that you show us how to how to live, and only how um, by your Spirit, Lord, that we can live that way too, Lord, and so just teach us, grow us up, Lord, and um, and just thank you for this evening, Lord, we just. Thank you for everybody that was able to come, Lord, and and uh, we just thank you for your mercies and your compassions, Lord, and and uh, teach us to um, have that faith, Lord, in you and to trust in you and to be secure in your word, Lord, and and to uh, not to be moved, Lord, that we shall not be moved, Lord, and we just thank you, we praise you, and we love you in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. <clears throat> okay, so Luke seven, so. Round two, Chris and John, ready? All right. So now, when he had ended all his sayings, he, Jesus, had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people. He entered into Capernaum. And so we would, we'll move back and see what sayings he was talking about. So if we go back in chapter six, at verse 17, we have, and my top header here says the Sermon on the Mount. And But what we see here in uh, verse 17, that he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem. And so we see here that is a a different occasion than the teaching on the mountainside in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but a lot of similar language. So, um, so Jesus is teaching his disciples. And what I really want to highlight is the first few verses of this teaching here as we go into chapter 7, how Jesus lifts up his eyes in verse 20 on his disciples. So he's teaching his disciples, and he's in an audience of people, as, as we see in verse 1 of chapter 7. And so, because these teachings are for his own, his his disciples, and, and for if you are his own, Lord, th- these are words for us to to take to heart and to and to see and to learn and and to know that this is God's perfect law and and he and he teaches his disciples that blessed be ye poor for yours is in the kingdom of God blessed are ye that hunger now for ye shall be filled blessed are ye that weep now for ye shall laugh blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And then I want to go down to uh, verse 27 here in chapter 6. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. And so what we have here, we have Jesus teaching his disciples his perfect law, everything that he has here. And what we, we jump into chapter seven, right? And we have Jesus living this out for us, demonstrating us in 3D. We get to see it happen. 
And, and only God could do this. Only God in the flesh, Jesus, could come and do these things. And so we, we go into verse 2 of chapter 7. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. So verse 2, we have a centurion, right? And we would recognize that that is a Gentile, right? Uh, a, a Greek. And so that makes me jump to Acts chapter 10, right? And we know that more than likely the disciples are with him. And I'm, I'm going to go to Acts 10 real quick here. Verse 28. And he said, that, so this is Peter. So we have Cornelius, the centurion. And we have Peter talking here how, where, you know, he gets the dream, right? The, the sheet comes down from heaven, the four corners that, you know, not to call what is clean, unclean, or who, right? In verse 28 it says, And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. And so that jumped out to me how here we have a centurion. He's teaching his disciples, right? And we, we, we're jumping into seven. We're seeing God and his compassion, Jesus in the flesh, right? Living this out for us. And he's going to, and we're dealing with a Gentile here. And when he heard of Jesus, right? So he is, you know, I notice here in, in verse one also how it's in the audience of the people and how, um, he's teaching his disciples, right? But he is, He's teaching them, and he's loud enough for all those that are around to hear, and um, that you know that really um, has stuck out to me. How we, us, you know, we when we're in public, I'm not this way. I, I would always, you know, whether I was with family or you know, we would pray at the, you know, in public, right? I would always kind of hush up a little bit, right? Get a little bit quieter. You know, I don't want anybody to hear um, these things. And then, you know, it's just such a contrast to Jesus. He's He's bold. He speaks up. He's talking all his perfect law to his disciples loud enough for all those on the outside to hear. And so we could take that into our daily life and apply that. And just when we're with each other, you know, just talking about God's goodness, his grace, his compassion, right? Loud enough for others to hear. And they could, you know, um, hear that. And then that would plant those seeds, you know, with other people and, and uh, in public, you know. And so I've been trying to apply that a little bit and, and just kind of randomly say things around um, friends, around others that might hear that. And so that's been kind of interesting. And God's been changing me that, in that way. And, and, um, and so when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. So he sends the elders of the Jews to, to ask Jesus to come and heal his servant. Right? And... And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. And I see here the uh, the elders of the Jews, God's people, they um, they don't know Jesus, right? Because here they're coming and trying to um, sell to Jesus, give a sales pitch of why Jesus should come and heal the centurion. So um, they don't know the heart of Jesus, and and um, and so they beseech him, and they, they they tell them that he you know they're they're 
giving him a list of things of why he should come down and do these things and, and to, to, to heal his servant. For he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. So there's a relationship there and um, with the Jews and the centurion. We could go into the, you know, the centurion. We know centuries, a hundred years. We know that the centurion is set over a hundred soldiers, right? And so, you know, all throughout, you know, in the New Testament where we're seeing the centurions is that they are men of character. They they have nobility, and and so we know that the centurion is a noble man, and that he, um, uh, yeah, has that character that he would be put in a place of authority, and and um, where was I going with that? So I don't know, <laughs> but we'll get there. So um, and then so verse six, right? And all it says is then Jesus went with them. Right, he doesn't argue with them. He just Jesus went with them, and and um, you know how you notice that Jesus is always always comes where he's invited, and he never like a gentleman wherever he's not invited, he doesn't enter in. And so we could apply that to our life that wherever we go in any area of our life that we would always invite Jesus in to where we're going and to and to know that he's there and want him to work those things in our lives and our heart and the um, whether it be areas of sin, right? Always to just invite Jesus in and he will come in and do that work in our lives. And and so we move on from verse six in chapter seven. Then Jesus went with them and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that you should come enter under my roof. So here we have the, the elders of the Jews talking about how worthy the centurion is. And Jesus is goes there with the intention of, of I, I believe, he has no problem entering into the house of the Gentile, the Roman centurion. and and But the Roman, you know, um, he sends out friends to meet Jesus because, you know, that knowing that Jesus is a Jew, that he could be unclean and all that, you know, at the respect you could see uh, of the centurion, just the good character that he has, that uh, that he does that, and and so wherefore neither thought. So yeah, so he saying how he is not worthy, right? We should have that same heart when we come to Jesus, how we're not worthy, because um, none are good, no, not one, right? The Bible says, and and we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? And and so there Jesus is, and and it says here, that's verse 7, verse 7, wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed, Right, the centurion has gotten word that Jesus has been healing. He's been performing miracles. He's uh, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, and 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 word is getting around. Right, people are talking about this, and he hears this these words, and he knows just based on the 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 accounts of others, but that by Jesus' word, right, that he will heal his servant. Right, and and we just we see Jesus in his love that. He goes, and the centurion explains, For I am also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he, and he doeth it. And so I wanna, I'm going to turn to Lamentations chapter 3. You guys can go there too. Um, 
Lamentations chapter 3. Well, I got it here too. Okay, we're all there. All right, verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. We just see that, you know, the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Right? It is by his mercies that we are here today, that we are upright, um, that we can come to the Lord and and, uh, and that his compa- compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And and that's what we see with Jesus. He he is compassionate. He sees the centurion. He um, we have you know the centurion is probably you know obviously with his his servant who he is dear to him. He 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 loves him right. And he's weeping you know. And we see back in the uh, the teaching back here in chapter six how blessed are ye that weep now for ye shall laugh and how and Jesus goes and just lives this out for us. And this law none of us can we cannot. Nobody can live out this perfect law. This cuts right to the heart how um what Jesus is doing and and um and so yeah, so we we go to verse nine, and when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Right? Jesus is impressed, he's He's, uh, he sees his faith that he didn't need to see him. He didn't need to touch the hem of his garment. That he just knew by his word that, that he would be healed. And, um, and how can we apply that faith in our life, right? That faith that is talked about here is the, the Greek word pistis, right? That means to, to believe in or to put our confidence in, right? And so we have his word. And we were talking before this, you know, how, you know, we, the word, you know, we, we can't be moved by feelings, but that we have his word that this is like uh, Jeremy was saying that we test the word and that it always is faithful and is always true and um, and placing our trust in that. And and, um, you know, and I think of trust and how, you know, people would always say, like, tr- you know, trust in the Lord. You hear that often. Right. And then I just had to come to the place. What does that mean? How do you trust in the Lord? Right. And um what does that look like? And you look up the word trust. It's a verb, right? And uh, and so you know, my dad would always say like like selling when it, when you would see somebody in a booth, right? And they have a product and and they're a salesman and that, but um, my you know the guy would just be sitting there not doing anything, right? And so my dad would always make the comment how you know selling's an action word. You know, you got to do something, right? To um, to uh, uh, to sell, right? To sell the benefits, you interact, and there's there's an action that takes place, and then trusting in the Lord, right? Uh, the faith, you know, uh, to to trust in the Lord. How how do we do that? What does that look like, right? And um, and I, you know, really, it's just the trust is, you know, what what does trust mean, right? We have we're we're secure. There's confidence in, right? And um, what does that look like in our life? How do we trust? How are we completely confident in the Word of God? And really, for us to apply that in our life, I believe, is the best way is really to know His Word, right? To study His Word daily and to know that we we can have that complete confidence and security um, in, in the things that it says, right? We we won't be moved, right? And um, and so, yeah, that's an exhortation just to study your word, to, to, to learn, to, to, uh, to apply it. And, 
Um, there was something else I was thinking too, and yes, with that, with the with trust and and yeah, yeah, action, action. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So the the action of um, of placing our our confidence in in the Lord and um, yeah, that, that's kind of. Came out of nowhere. So, all right. The faith, and I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. Um, the centurion, he had faith. He believed in his word. He he knew that Jesus would heal him. And um, and so, verse ten. And they they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. All right. And um, yeah, we just see. And so another thing, as I see this, right, and. Um, you know, I, I, this morning, you know, I I opened up. You guys, you guys were in Acts chapter 16, right? You're just finishing that up, and 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 how um, there's one. I want them. So I read Acts 16, and you know, you see Paul and Silas, and 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 how they're going out, and and you see in their lives that they truly believe what the Word of God says. They believe that the Lord is coming, and and um and they and they they put these actions into place in their life through faith right and um and when lydia right is and there you know so what really stuck out to me was in act 16 was where lydia where are we at here act 16 verse 14 a certain woman named lydia a seller of purple of the city of thyatira which worshiped god heard us right because they went down on the Sabbath, because there is no synagogue, because there has to be ten uh, Jewish men for there to be a synagogue. So they went to the uh, where they gathered at the, I believe it's at the, yeah, the riverside where prayer it was. Well, to me, maybe we sat down and spake unto the women there, which resorted, and a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us. Right, so they're there. You can you, you can tell that they're loud, they're they're bold, they're praying, and and Lydia hears them, whose heart the Lord opened. Right, the Lord's doing this. That she attended unto the things which were, you know, she paid attention, she heard, and took attention to what Paul, the words that Paul was speaking. And when she was baptized, and her household, she besought. Right, she beseeched them, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she const- and she constrained us. She um, she proved it, right? And it came to pass as we went to prayer. Well, that, that's, yeah. And so in Acts 16 here, you got these guys um, just walking in the Spirit. And so I see how Jesus, right, God in the flesh, is living this out in chapter 7. Right, all these words, this perfect law, and none of us can do that. Right, we we can't follow what these words say and live that out in our life without the Spirit. And we see the acts. Right, my Bible says in the introduction in Acts that it's the acts of the apostles. Right, but really, the Book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Spirit, and we see that in those guys that they are going out, and they're not going to be. They're they're living this out daily. And they're following the Spirit, and they're by faith because they believe in His Word, and they're and they're being sent out, right? And um, I just see how you know this just is so related to all that, and how you know they're going, and they're you know they're meeting <clears throat> that the Gentiles are being saved, right? They're they're grafted in, and and all throughout the Acts, right? And yeah, it just really just really opened up to me how how 
for us to live like Jesus, we need his Holy Spirit, right? We're, when we're born again, he seals us by that his Holy Spirit, but there's a subsequent experience afterwards to be, to be baptized by his Spirit, right? To be able to go out and do those things like Paul and those guys and to go out and preach the good news that, um, um, people would be added to the church daily and that's only through the Lord. The Lord does it, right? And we go out by faith and we obey and we, um, yeah, we just need his Holy Spirit to be able to do those things and, and to live like Jesus and to do any of these things that God is teaching in chapter six and then in chapter seven and, and, um, and we'll move on. We'll keep going. We'll probably get through, uh, verse 17 and in this and, and so in verse 11 it says, And it came to pass, to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. And now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. Right, so going through this, Right, though they move on from this, um, inter, you know, divine inter, divine appointment with the centurion, that they go on with his disciples. Right, I, you know, I imagine what were those disciples thinking when they were headed to the to the centurion's home. You know, they maybe they were getting nervous, and and then maybe they were relieved when they realized they weren't entering into his home. Right. But they, you know, they see that. And I just was just kind of thinking when I was reading Acts 10, how, you know, did, was Peter there? Was he seeing these things happen? You know, and he, then he, then it finally clicked, you know, how or throughout the, you know, New Testament, God is always telling his people what's going to happen, right? This is, I'm going to die and then in three days be risen from the dead. But it just, it just didn't, it didn't click for them, right? And, um, and it just, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm that way. You know, we see all this stuff and, but we go into our daily lives, we get stuck in those routines and we're just, you know, it just doesn't click, but you know, we need a spirit, right? And so, um, we go, you know, so we're here and then they're in Maine and they, they come not, you know, they came nigh to the gate of the city and there was a dead man carried out. And I was talking to the kids today, um, in, in the class, how, you know, you, you, you picture a funeral procession, right? And, um, you know, you have, you have a dead person who you love. The whole, it says here in his word that, you know, the people, um, where does it say that? The whole city, right? Was with her, right? And much people of the city was with her, right? She's a widow. And you, you can imagine the grief that's going on, right? Somebody you really love has, has died, right? And you're in this, you know, Funeral procession almost, right? And there's this, you know, dead, dead man. And, you know, and the Lord saw them and had compassion on them. And he came, you know, this guy, you know, they, they don't know who he is. He comes and he t- touches the buyer, which is like an open coffin, um, that the, the boy or man is, is laying on. And, uh, that would kind of freak you out. You know, what is this guy doing? Doesn't he see that there's, you know, we're, we're carrying out this funeral or um, uh, ceremony for their, the the boy or the bo- man that they loved, and this man comes up and kind of interrupts and touches the the cop. Can you imagine that? You know, you're you're in a funeral procession and you're driving, and you're following the hearse, and and some guy kind of cuts you off, stops the deal, t- 
touches the the uh, whatever, and that person that's in that cop and comes back to life, and that's what happens. And he came and touched the buyer, and they that bear him stood still, and he said, "Young man, I say unto thee, arise." Right? And I, I see here also that nobody asked him to. Right? They the, they weren't coming to Jesus and saying, "Hey, raise my boy from the dead." But Jesus, in his compassion and his mercy, he comes and he sees the lady. And she's obviously weeping because he tells her not to weep anymore. And and just the compassion and the love that he displays everywhere he goes in the scriptures. And and um, and then he and he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And I, I can I can imagine just well it shows here if we keep going how you know the the fear that came upon all the people the terror the you know, you'd be kind of like, "Whoa, this is that was that was weird. That was crazy. What just happened, right? This this guy just came, was risen from the dead because it says he was dead and he came back to life. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his, visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about him. All right, news is getting out that Jesus is performing miracles, and um, and and so yeah, really that's a uh, yeah we we just keep talking about that you know the 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 spirit living that spirit led life right to walk like Jesus we need his spirit and um, yeah just to uh, the relationship with Jesus right to um, yeah just to to know him all right not to be like the elders of Jude but elders of the Jews who obviously didn't know God's nature, right? That they would have to beg him to, uh, um, to, that they would have to beseech him to come and heal the, uh, the, the centurion servant. And, and I guess that, yeah, that kind of brings me to, uh, for us, Galatians 2.20, right? We're talking about faith. We're talking about, um, where are we at? Galatians 2.20. I think we all probably know this, but if you don't, um, this is for us. This is Paul, as you know, we see in the the book of Acts and how Paul's living his life. That he's just the, the, the guy. He's just under the power of the Spirit wherever he goes. He he, like in Galatians two twenty, it says right here. It says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the flesh, and the life which I now live in the flesh." I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul Paul got it, right? He he crucified, he 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 died to self to follow Jesus because of the love that he experienced in his life. And how, you know, really for me as to you know, do we have do I have that faith, you know, here in Galatians 2:20, to to live that out in my life, to to go out and to live by faith in the Son of God, and to um, to do what He wants for me to do, and for for you guys to do what God has you called you guys to do. And yeah, Galatians 2:20. What else did I, did I have? There was that, and and how yeah, Second Corinthians 5:7, how we would walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Um, you know, not being uh, tugged by the cares of this world, right? The 
the flesh, the life, all the things that entice us out there to to want to live according to the world, but to be to live according to the spirit. And it's so important today as we see everything coming to unfold in in, uh, in the world, right? And just uh, just the craziness, the chaos that's going on, and what and what they're trying to do. And uh, and, we, and we see it. God gives it. A, gives it to us in his word. He always tells us everything that's going to happen before it happens. And so really studying his word and, and to be secure in that, that we wouldn't, uh, um, that we would not be moved, right? That we would be, um, let me just, let me just go there. Psalm one, right? Some of these just keep coming to my head there. Let's see. Psalm one. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And so, you know, when somebody asks you, do you believe that the rapture is going to happen, right? Um, would we respond in a way where, you know, I think maybe so, you know, or, yeah, I don't know. I, I heard that's what my, te- my, my church teaches, right, where we go. But would we search out the scriptures for ourselves and, and to know what it says that we would not be moved, that we would have that blessed hope that he's coming to get us soon and he's going to take us out. And there's so many pictures in the Bible that we could search out and to know and to be secure in all that, that we would, 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 see all that's happening right in the world that we would go out crucify the flesh and live according to the spirit and to to tell people in uh, the workplace and when we go to the stores that we would speak up and and tell people the good news of that the lord loves them and that uh, and don't be afraid to say it loud you know if you're just talking to your friend you're, you're sitting down having coffee be loud say it out loud where others can hear you you know there's an audience of people out there that we can um, that we can be a witness to and it's by his spirit and it's uh yeah and it, it, it's all him right it's all his mercies that we are not consumed it's his compassions every day that uh, they're new every morning and that great is his faithfulness and that it is all him and it's all him that um, his power that does it in our lives and it's his power that did it in my life to to come back and to um, to find a place that taught the Word of God and to be grown up in fellowship. And um, so important that we're here today to just hear and open up His Word and see what um, how Jesus lives and how He, uh, just this witness that we could see how God, right, in the flesh, walking on earth, living these truths of what perfection is and to go into chapter seven to live it all out and we can see it happen in 3d and right before our eyes and and um yeah i just uh, i just i exhort you all us all me really just this is for me to just know to just to be in his word daily and to just take it in and as we uh, are upon a new year is you know really not as important you know i always think you know you you start a new year you want to read the bible in a year right and how uh, you can kind of get trapped in that to where you're just reading it daily just to get through it, right? Just to say it at the end of the year that I read the Bible in a year. But are we opening it up? And maybe maybe you're in, you know, one section of Scripture for a month, you know, and God's just teaching you about yourself and uh, correcting you and correcting me. He does it, it does it so often for me, and, and it gives me a lot of comfort because I know that shows me that I'm his. And 
um, where he just points out sin in my life. And, and uh, yeah, praise the Lord. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, I'll close us in prayer, and I think that's about it. All right. So, Father, just thank you. Thank you, Lord, that um, for your grace and your spirit, Lord, that um, that I could come up here and just say a few verses or a chapter of the Bible, Lord, and and uh, that it would be you that would be touching our hearts, Lord, uh, like Lydia, that 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 you opened up her heart to hear your word and to. Um, to change her, Lord, and that she right there instantly was, and her and her family were baptized there in Acts 16, Lord, and and uh, and just to know, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit, saith the Lord. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. We just pray that you would just do a, a great work here in Grand Forks, Lord, as we go out, small fellowship, Lord, but but you can, through us, through the few that are here, Lord, that you would have a big impact on this community, Lord, that we would... Um, be a hospital for sinners, Lord, where people could come and to hear your word and to be convicted and, and to just to grow and Lord, that you would add to your church daily, Lord. And, and so we just lift up this, uh, fellowship up to you, Lord, here in Grand Forks. We pray for the city, Lord. We pray for all those that are lost, Lord, that they would hear your, your word and the, the good news, Lord, and that the repentance would, would come on the city, Lord. And, uh, that you would strengthen the believers that are in this town, Lord, that we would all be, that they would be in your word, Lord, and that they would minister in your word and, and that your Holy Spirit would be there. And, and, uh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your compassions. Thank you for your mercies for all of us here, Lord, that have, have, have called out to you, Lord, that we have cried out to say, save me, Jesus, Lord, that there, we all had a different way of expressing it to you from our heart, Lord. We didn't, all have to say the exact same words, but that we recognized our sin in our life and that we fell short and that we just had to cry out to you, Jesus, save the sinner that I am, Lord. And just thank you. Thank you for today. And uh, grow us up, Lord, day by day, by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit, Lord. Thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.